0: Industry under pressure, innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil and Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan.
1: The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another reconnoitering episode of the Oil and Gas Tech Podcast. Brought to you by the good people at Cognite, right here on the Oil and Gas Global Network. Okay, uh, maybe reconnoitering was a stretch for my usual, um, you know, adjective spot right there. But it was the uh, you know it was the first thing that popped into my mind. I, I do want to go back and say a little bit more about our friends at Cognite. Uh, as you have heard me say before, we love our sponsors at OGGM, because without them, there is no us. So if you're not familiar with Cognite, if you haven't, if it, I, it's, this seems impossible after all the times that you've heard me say this, but if you haven't gone to Cognite.com or maybe uh, looked up somebody at Cognite on LinkedIn or whatever the ways are that you, you know, that you like to find out about things, this is one of those ones you need to go check out. And, uh, and here's a little message um, from our friends over there. This is what they want you to know about Cognite. Imagine your company fully digitalized, transformed, and sustainable. Cognite helps you make data do more for faster, safer, more sustainable industrial operations. Also, they have a very interesting uh, initiative they got going on over there called make data do more i think there's a whole website for that and uh we'll even put it in the show notes so have a look at that also before we get to our guests and uh and i do have a couple of great guests today we're going to be talking about high performance computing or uh, hpc as they say in the vernacular and uh and and you might wonder how is it possible that he always has such great guests and i think that if you think you know if you think about that a little bit, you could probably work it out. Because uh, when you consider that this show is pre-recorded. So, nonetheless, great guest today. We're getting to that in a minute. First, I have to remind you, please leave us a review. I know I say this all the time. Reviews, um, you know, reviews are, uh, are very important, as you probably know, here in podcast land. And they have two very important purposes. Uh, the first of which is it lets other people know, uh, whether this is uh, whether you think this is is worth their time um, I guess it also lets them know the opposite but of course that's not gonna be the case here the second important purpose of uh, of a review is uh, it helps us know uh, what, what, what we should be what we're doing right what we're not doing right what you think we should be doing differently so you know you don't have to write a whole paragraph uh, you could just you could leave a review that says uh, I love it it's great five stars Um, you could also leave a review that says, I hate it, it's terrible, one star. But if you do the second thing, then make sure that you put something in there that helps us understand uh, what you think that we should be doing better because that is how we improve. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's now time to talk about high-performance computing. And that brings us around to our guests today. I do have, uh, have a couple of people on the line Today, uh, we we used to say that on the line. I don't know if it's, that's really the thing anymore, but we are online. And so let me let me do a couple of intros. Um, I, I do want to also remind all of our faithful listeners and and the unfaithful ones that um, uh, we, so the three of us are not in the same room today. We're not at the uh, fabulous Cannon on the west side of Houston, where where I often am. So we're all online and we're in different places. And so we're going to do our best to have a nice, natural sort of conversation. Um, uh, the best we can. So, uh, the first person I want to introduce is Roger Rintala, who is uh, from uh, this company called Hewlett Packard Enterprise, which we usually uh, refer to nowadays as HPE. And so, Roger, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. I know um, you're. Uh, um, I know I know a few things about you, and uh, I know that you're working this strategic alliance with HP uh, and Fujitsu. And I, I also know you got a background in tech computing because I think I saw some Cray and SGI back there. So um, so anyway, thanks for being here. What else do you want? Uh, what else do you want to say about yourself yep. before we move on?
3: Thanks, thanks for having us. I appreciate being here, and uh, that's a that's a good catch. Yes, I've been in HPC uh, with Cray and SGI before. Uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise really focused on this this industry marketing component? What are people trying to get done uh, in their specific environments and where HPC really matters to them? uh, The running thread that through it all uh, tends to come back in one form or another. There's always physics simulation somewhere in the mix, uh, which presents an ongoing challenge that we'll
2: get a chance to talk about. Cool. Good. Very good. Thanks. And I got to ask you about this Little League thing because um, because you're the first person that I've ever had that had something about like something about, uh, what is it? Uh, Truckee little league. What is that? A yeah. is that, is that, is that still going on? Is that something, uh, is that something fun? Th- that's,
3: that's one of those things, you, you know, you volunteer and give what you can to your community when, when it fits for you. And that was the right that's time in life to, to spend some time, uh, trying to give kids a great experience, uh, and, um, to some extent helping the parents, learn how to allow their kids to have that great experience. But <laughs> That's,
2: that's uh, the but harder part is the second thing that you said. It is a challenge. Yeah. It is yeah. a challenge. But yeah.
3: much like uh, I find here at HPE, that was a really tremendous team of people. So I ended up serving that board longer than I expected because it was just a great group of people. That's, that's, and yeah. when you find a winning team, they're special. They don't come along very often. And so you should recognize it and you should respect it and you should invest in it and enjoy it when it happens because it's a great thing.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. I have a lot of I have a lot of great, um, good little, little league memories from uh, uh, growing up. Some 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 memories that just involve me wandering around in the outfield wondering what I was supposed to do. But I do have some, I do have some good memories. So that that's yeah, great. You, so thank you. Um, yeah, you bet. Thank you. If you leave a Little League with a couple of memories, you've done it. That's <laughs> what it's for. That's 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 right. Um, and we also have Dr. Tom Bradich, who is uh, an HPE fellow. I know you're also. Um, uh, I think you're really involved with Edge and IoT, which is really hot right now in oil and gas. Um, I, 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 you're on like a bunch of different boards and various entrepreneurial things. Um, what, what else? What else do we do? We need to know about you, Dr. Well, I should have many opportunities.
1: Three companies: uh, IBM, National Instruments. Now HP Hewlett Packard Enterprise, and have focused a lot on new product categories, not just new products within a category. But the right, idea there was a right. day there was never a laptop computer, for example. And as a young green engineer, I led one of the first laptop computer efforts. There was a day there wasn't a smartphone. I worked on the first smartphone. There was a day there wasn't a converged system in the IT world, or even in the uh, in the edge and IoT and my team and I have been fortunate right. to pioneer some new product categories, most recently converged edge systems, where we combine operational technologies, which are quite prevalent, as you know, in oil and gas, uh, with uh, IT right. information right. technology and the whole idea of uh, the technology getting smarter with IT.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. I, I mean, the whole IT-OT convergence thing, it's been a while, actually, since it's funny you bring that up because, um, boy, last year it seemed like, uh, uh, toward the in the like toward the end of last year, and uh, you know maybe maybe in January, I felt like every other every other episode here was talking about um, itot convergence, and then we then we we got away from it a little bit, but um, that's mm-hmm. a big problem. To uh, yeah, because you know those OT guys are like, uh, hold on, you want to connect what to my what and how? And this is you know these are environments were always very uh, separate for very Mm -hmm. good reasons. So um, that's an interesting. We may have to. I know. I know that's not our topic today, but we might have to get you back uh, at some point. We'll we'll see what's the latest happenings in that world i also saw that you are um there was some sort of awards thing that you are the founder or starter of is that did i did i see that right something about silicon valley awards oh yes or you know there's uh, um again
1: i feel uh, uh blessed and i want to uh give back to the community like roger said and uh the homeless sure. and those in need have been on my heart uh you know much of my life so i've started two charities sockrelief.com and where we collect and distribute socks to the homeless. And also we do sock puppet craft events for children in need, such as in oh, shelters or hospitals. And all we do is socks. It's one of the most, uh, if not the most overlooked item for those in need. And then I think you're mentioning sure, the Siva sure. awards. And we're seeking to recognize those who are uh, charitable and philanthropic in Silicon Valley and have a time where we can recognize them and gotcha. bring attention to the issues of addiction homelessness and hunger
2: oh that's fantastic yeah um you know i've noticed that uh more and more people like when you look at people on linkedin more and more people are noting um you know making note of their um uh, various philanthropic charitable type uh, involvement um and i you know i think it's uh and i think it's sincere it's good that people are starting to think that way um and create Create more awareness so great um well thank you guys for uh for making time today we um i know we got a lot to cover so just kind of jump into it here i and and we had a little in our little warm-up chat we were we were talking about um uh, just before we get into some of the cool stuff that you guys are doing we want to talk about this fujitsu alliance that uh is has got some um some great stuff happening but just kind of as a little backdrop um HPC in oil and gas, I know for me, I, I you say that, I immediately think of, of, of uh, you know, kind of early stage exploration activities like seismic and especially the, the big, like the basin scale seismic interpretation and things like that. Um, and I also think that there's a lot of, uh, um, you know... It, maybe it doesn't p- come up in some conversations so much anymore because people are thinking, "Oh, well, you know, we got the cloud now, and that just handles sort of magically handles everything." But but let's talk a little bit about that the the setting there as far as it, because HPC is still is 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 still key to a lot of different um, um, activities even beyond seismic and and there's still some constraints that people are struggling with in that regard. Is that uh, so? So um, Roger, I know you had some you had some thoughts on this, so maybe you want to jump in on that.
3: Sure. Sure. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, HPC has been a part and parcel of the this industry uh, for a long time and has delivered tremendous ROI. And the, the reservoir simulation, the seismic simulation, the big modeling that uh, that on the discovery side were very clear and and uh, very high ROI uh, endeavors for the right, organization. Right. But the skill sets that are developed there also proliferate throughout other parts of the organization. So, in an environment that, you know, where, um, you know, maybe when I first saw this, where the the real impetus for HPC was, can we essentially increase our hit rate where we drill? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. each project is so expensive. Now it's, um, that that's an efficiency question. But now it's an efficiency question that is, you know, everywhere beyond that, right? So, how do we how do we use more of the the resource we've now accessed and how do we do that efficiently how do we pass it downstream efficiently how do we do a refining how to you know distribution you name it um all of these have efficiency components and it's really important to the industry to to get those right and right. a lot of it is developed and the real thing that that hpc uh, provides a couple of opportunities for one is to peel back the covers on things that are intractable Otherwise, right? I can't sit down with a calculator and do a reservoir sim, right? Yeah. Uh, no. So, yeah. Uh, so I either go out and take a lot of measurements, or I can simulate it. And so, there that has analogs all the way through the process. But also, now we're generating so much data that we have much much more inputs. So, in for example, use computational fluid dynamics to simulate
2: right.
3: fluid flows inside the pipeline or right, inside right. the refinery. Uh, airflows on the outside for cooling over the top of oiler rigs even for wind turbines. Uh, you know all of these things are applications of, of technology that came from somewhere else and is being used here now and when we do that uh, traditionally we we relied on experiments and we mm-hmm. relied on uh, to validate our models. Now we have so much data coming in, uh, from sensors from some of the very devices that you talked about hooking up on the OT side. Mm-hmm, right. uh, that now you've got a sea of data that has the potential to help your efficiency and you want to put that to work. And the IP advantage to the companies that and the organizations that do that is tremendous because that you know but it's an, and it's far more dispersed than it ever was. Yeah. Uh, so it's really important to take what was kind of l- really large scale I would almost call it um, esoteric to most of the rest of the company, and right. infuse it throughout the rest of the organization. Um, and I think that accessibility of supercomputing is something that Dr. Tom has written about really eloquently, and that I think is very important to to what's happening in this industry today.
2: Yeah. So, so you're, um, so you make a, an interesting point, which is, uh, I mean, or maybe if I if I back into it like this, the re- when I said. When you mentioned HPC and oil and gas the first thing I think of is you know big seismic um, and that's because once upon a time that you know that's where most of the most of the biggest data in oil and gas that's where it was so naturally that was where you saw the application of, of high performance computing but as you mentioned we are um, we're producing enormous data like throughout the life cycle now where where we weren't before um, so all of a sudden it becomes relevant um you know, it becomes relevant to the whole thing. So that, I mean, um, and you mentioned, so this is something that, that doctor, so Dr. Tom, you've written about this. What, um, what, what, give us the, like the Reader's Digest version. Uh, what's, uh, how, how do you, how do you kind of see the application of HPC across, across the industry now? Well, sure,
1: high performance computing is really not new, but it is evolving because we want more things faster, right? And that's the notion of uh, time to insight. When I worked for an OT company called National Instruments, we were coining the phrase time to insight mm-hmm. <clears throat> how fast can we get insight from the data and the samples that we take out there in nature you know analog phenomenon that we're we're right. taking in it's it's almost infinite in fact data that is coming into high performance computing from a nature um, and in oil and gas obviously we're dealing with the earth a lot we're dealing with geology hydrology uh, seismology topology all these ologies that are nature and analog related mm-hmm that data is older, faster, and bigger than all other types of big data combined. So think of the biggest big data in your mind. This is bigger. Sure. And that's what's driving the slowdown of the high-performance-ness of high-performance computing. There's so much data to be comprehended because when you have the data, you're doing a lot of predictive analysis and anyone studying um, uh, you know, probability right. and statistics would know that N, meaning the sample yep. size, when that's greater, you're going to get a better prediction. Well, predicting what? Predicting if there's still oil left in the earth and is this a good business to be in? Right. I know that sounds a little bit trite, but that's the right. idea. It, um,
2: no. Yeah. And, and in this particular place, at this particular spot, at this particular time, right. It's not just, it, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I exactly so I don't saying. put the so drills
1: and the, and the equipment yeah. in the wrong place, you know, as well and just miss it or miss it by a mile or whatever the case may be. So that notion, you know, as well, and uh, timed insight is extremely po- positive because A lot of people do say it's all about the data. I don't believe that because data is a means to the end. And the end is the action. Like you just said, should I move the drill rig somewhere else? Should I take an action? Should I stop investing here? Should I invest more here? Should I look at alternative approaches? Is my equipment going to catch on fire? And should I stop? You know, or is it a
2: maintenance? <laughs> right. It's true. Yeah, that's right. No, that, that, those are the things that are at the forefront now. It's not even so much about where's the next biggest, the next big discovery. It's more about, you know, how do I get mm-hmm. the most value out of the, out of the portfolio that I have? So let's bring that around to, uh, so you, you guys have this alliance with Fujitsu, um, and uh, something called the, the HPE Apollo 80. So Roger, give us a quick, like, you're the Fujitsu Alliance guy. So what is it, what is this all about? And um, do your best to tie it into all those really interesting things <laughs> that, we just, sure. that we just went off in the weeds on.
3: <laughs> sure, Michael, thank you. The energy industry has used HPC for many technology generations to run sophisticated simulations that drive very important uh, and large scale investment decisions. Cray, HPE, and SGI have roots back to the very beginning with the Cray-1 and the famous HPE Founders Garage, and all that capability rolls up within HPE today for our customers. Fujitsu introduced their first vector supercomputer shortly following the Cray-1, and has been a key innovation partner in the Japanese national supercomputer development for many years. Our alliance brings the engine behind Fugaku, the current world's number one fastest supercomputer, to our customers, with HPE software and support in the package, so you really get the best of both worlds.
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna pause you just for a second because you made a you, you tied something together really nicely, which is, um, um, because because when you were um when you were describing all of that sort of high performance computing background and you know things that have, the way things have been done, um, and talking about Cray and all the rest. Like, I just see dollar signs in in my, like, it just all sounds very, like, like that stuff was all very expensive. But we just got done saying that we need to bring this HPC capability to all these other parts of the business, right? So that is a fundamental problem, which is how do you make it? How do you make it? Um, and not only does all that stuff to me sound expensive, but it also sounds like I need a team of people to come in and implement and 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 support these systems. I mean this stuff is non-trivial. So, um, but we just said hey, we want to bring this to everywhere including the edge and all these other parts of the life cycle. So, so how do you do that in a way that is like cost-effective and in e- relatively easy to operate, you know, deploy and operate. So, I think that's 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 where it all comes together in the in this uh, in this effort, right? That engine is the Fujitsu A64 FX Processor. This is
3: the industry's only CPU built with high bandwidth memory directly attached to it, and it sits right on the package. So now with that high bandwidth memory, we can feed tremendous amounts of data from memory into the CPU at rates the CPU can consume it. So it's voracious, it'll it'll do a lot of processing, but no CPU is as fast as it can be if it spends time waiting for data and that memory bandwidth constraint, or that memory bandwidth limitation, is a huge issue for simulation-based applications as processors have been built for broad markets and a little bit less specifically for HPC. The A64FX is built purpose-built just for HPC and addresses some of these needs. And the HPE Apollo 80 is an ARM system for today that follows previous generations of ARM-based HPC systems from both Cray and HPE. So we get to deliver a a pretty solid package and bring our customers forward on this path as they move through and that's really important we deliver this capability in our hpe apollo 80 system to make it more accessible and deployable than leadership class supercomputers we're good at those two Uh, but to your point about uh, dollars We really want to make sure that this is affordable and deployable. But it's also super important that as this is a a new capability, and although the reach isn't very large to get to it, to access it, and have applications run on it right away, it's really important to make it easy to stand up proof-of-concept systems for our customers to be able to gain experience with which applications are particularly well-suited, how they can tune them for the, the architecture to make them even better and to put them in the case of the energy industry with teams who may be dispersed widely in a lot of cases, but require their simulations, their HPC simulations and their results to remain very local. They don't want to transport them all over, both because of size and also because of policy and security considerations. Could I geek out on this a little bit with would please,
2: you? Like? Please, yeah, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think,
1: uh, maybe some of your uh, technical listeners would appreciate. Uh, if you look at the the problem solved, uh, which would be an as-is model, right? Um, you can buy a supercomputer. Obviously, you can add lots of DIMs, or that's a dual inline memory. You add a lot of memory, or you could add external uh, accelerators like a GPU, like you just mentioned. Uh, all of those have dollar uh, implications, space, and energy implications. And a GPU, although uh, excellent, you know, technology does have code complexities because it is another you know right. architecture code. Right. So now. Um, the beauty of the relationship between Fujitsu uh, and HPE here is our ability to take this now into an industry standard form factor, like um, Roger mentioned specifically what's called a 2U, right? Or unit and uh, smaller footprint, therefore lower energy. Therefore, what's the value of that? Well, it fits in a data center, right? It's not a uh, prohibited sure. from size. And then we've uh, done the, um, I want to geek out with you on the um, high bandwidth memory. What that is, yeah. Is picture this metaphor. If you're sitting at a desk and you would like to access 50 books uh, as quickly as possible, what's the best way to do it while you're sitting at the desk? Well, you put them on the desk, right? You don't leave them in the bookshelf or in another room.
2: Sure.
1: And that's sure. where you put them on the desk. But how would you put them on your desk if there are 50 of them and you have a, an average size desk? You would stack them, right? That's the sure. way you could access right. them. So therefore, that's the way the memory is created in um, this high bandwidth memory technology. It's stacked, I mean, meaning using the z-axis, right? Not just the xy, which is the surface of your desk, but you're going up higher toward the ceiling. So you're using that volume, and therefore your accessibility is increased significantly. I think you'd agree. If you had fifty books, you can put them in five stacks of ten, and probably reach them from sure. your, you know, from your chair much quicker sure. than if you had to walk across the room. And that gives us that that um, the axis of of high performance uh, data access is a major issue in high performance yeah, that, computing. Yeah, I, mean, I was going
2: to say when you um, and like Roger, when you first mentioned it's two U, um, I mean, that's that's like damn near like uh, uh, the same as like a cloud data center form factor, right? I mean, you go to cloud data center, you see a whole bunch of one U boxes, and they all have that. They all, you know, right. they're all. It's the idea is you've got commodity hardware, and the and the software drives all the infrastructure uh different it functions. fits in a standard uh, standard right
1: you don't have to build a new room for the supercomputer yeah, or yeah so
2: that's what exactly. you've so it sounds like you've like you've brought um so the so at least the the form factor uh component that makes it deployable and operable and things uh that we that we that we love about kind of regular cloud computing you're 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 just about there with this right with the with a two you right um and, and it's
3: an uh, energy efficient ARM
2: processor. Right. You know, I was going to say the ARM, arm The ARM means that it's not, it's, it doesn't require, have a lot of p- power uh, requirements. Right. So here's an overlooked item many times, but it's quite
1: um, interesting to the IT professional and quite, quite a big deal. It's the manageability. Do I have the tools to manage yeah, it? Yeah. It fits in a rack, a form factor we already talked about, but now how do I manage it? And We can leverage, well, what I would assert is the world-class management tools. That HP has. Right. Do you actually manage the system? That's the total cost of ownership concept. You remember that old yeah, term, sure. right? I can yeah. you know buy the thing, I can install, but my goodness, how long does it take to maintain it? And because IT professionals, no matter what industry they're in, they want to go home at night and watch TV, right, and be with their families, take their daughter to a soccer
2: game, right? Sure, sure.
1: That's the whole idea of making it industry standard. You can use tools familiarity uh, identicality of different assets. Yeah. Yeah. That,
2: that, that, that is huge. And it is something you're right. It's something that people, um, sometimes people outside the it world, um, don't have as much appreciation for but it's one thing to get something deployed and up and running. It's a whole nother, uh, set of problems to operate and, and manage that over time at scale in complex environments. So, um, Which, which kind of brings us around to um, something else that I wanted to to get to is, um, so we have the we have the backdrop of HPC, all the reasons why it's still you know the the, the, the appetite for it is growing. We've we've brought we've I'm I'm not going to say commoditized, but you've at least made it uh, um, uh, you know achievable in a in a cost effective support, easy to support way. Um, What is this? So now how what how are you seeing this if i'm if i'm somebody who's working at an operator um in these various uh, disciplines that we talked about so my my boss shows up and says uh or the it people say great news we now have the um we now have the hpe apollo 80 coming in here what starts to look different what what workflows get impacted how does my how does my life change Um, and where and where do you see it having like the most value
3: yeah the innovation here is that the system delivers a massive increase in bandwidth to feed a purpose-built hpc cpu with tremendous floating point capabilities so we talked a bit about that but what kind of application is going to benefit from it what do we expect uh, a user to bring and try on this to be successful well it's going to be largely simulation-based applications where real world phenomena are really and understanding that is really important to decision making where um, applications are memory bound or constrained by that, that uh, memory bandwidth limitation and vector processing is also essential once again in, in computing it really never should have left but we certainly see that in the in the newer architectures uh, ARM SVE is an instruction set called Scalable Vector Extensions and this helps vectorized code run very well, scale very well and probably really important to, to your question about deployability it makes it portable among different ARM systems. So if a user is ex- is exploring a, a system today, maybe they came off of a previous generation of ARM system or Apollo 70 or something like that, or they're going forward, their code stays portable as they go into to future ARM systems. And that's really important. What do you expect? Well, for these applications that are suited, we see two to four X on real world applications being reported back uh, from uh, benchmarks uh, some public and and some not and in some cases better than 4x and that's where something is truly memory constrained and you can really open up that memory that is consistent with the ratio of the increase in memory bandwidth. Um, It's a really nice performance gain from a system that is a superb on-ramp to uh, today's uh, new HPC technologies and to what's coming down the road
2: right right this is i mean this is the product of you know decades of of you know trying to solve these problems in 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 certain ways that i mean eventually eventually it makes sense to just say okay it's time to have a bit of a of a reset and um and uh, you know Re, re redo re architect change the approach but not so much that it requires me to like go to like to go learn a whole completely different thing right and that's the it sounds to me like like that's what you've got here yep. with this product which is really great i i do want to um i'm looking at uh i'm looking at the time and we're, we're probably going to Probably gonna lose some folks if we can keep talking all this is this is really fascinating stuff so i don't know maybe we come back and we do a, a follow-up episode where we can maybe dive into some of these things a little bit more but but um just for the just just for today um people want to find out more um you know obviously we all know where the hpe website is but uh what, what else can people look at if they want to uh, find out more about this specific uh, you know area of things and what you guys are doing
3: Sure. Uh, As I said, the HPE website and and, um, heading for Apollo 80 is a great place to start. Uh, Dr. Tom wrote a blog on uh, really focusing on this uh, problem of of making supercomputing accessible and how this product addresses that as much of what we talked about today. Um, But the other place you can go is is talk to your HPE sales teams. Uh, Talk to your local reps. Uh, They can also arrange very high engagement uh, opportunities to explore what this kind of capability might do for you with you. Uh, we want to hear from our users. Yeah, good. We want to get more our perspective users and understand what problems are you trying to solve and what would you do given, if you were given this capability, right? If the boss walked in and dropped this off and your imagination started running wild, what would you do? And yeah. those kind of high engagement sessions can be arranged with Dr. Tom and I uh, through the sales teams as well.
2: Oh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be good. Um, I might have to. I, I might have to arrange one of those myself just to see what just to see what it's like. So, um, okay. Well, thank you uh, both, uh, uh, Dr. Tom and Roger. Appreciate you guys uh, making time today. We will put all of that. Uh, we'll put links to all that stuff in the uh, in the in the in the show notes. Uh, we'll find. We'll get a link to. Dr. Tom's blog post and put that in the show notes as well. Um, I do have a few more things that I need to say, uh, just to, to wrap up here and, uh, and, and wrap up the show, but, uh, but you guys, uh, are free to go as they say. So, um, but thanks again for uh, making time and maybe we can, uh, maybe we can do a follow-up at some point here in the future. Great. Th- thank you very much, Michael. And that will just about wrap us up for today, folks. Just want to mention a couple of more things, and now, for those of you who usually tune out during this part, you might you might want to get in the habit of just hanging in there for those last these last couple of moments, because you never know when I'm going to change it up. Maybe I'm going to say something shocking. Maybe I'm going to give away some sort of a special prize. Um, maybe uh, I'm going to give a shout out. To one of our fabulous listeners who has uh, given us a fantastic review. Now, today, I'm not doing any of those things. But I am going to thank our sponsor, Cognite, again. And, I, you know, I, I can't go on enough about these guys. But if, if you don't know what Cognite is doing, then you need to go check out Cognite.com. More specifically, they have a really cool special website that they've set up just for people like you who really want to get in there and, and see the good stuff. So the, you can go to make data do makedatadomore.cognite.com and uh, you will undoubtedly learn about how to make your data do more. Also, if you're not part of the OGGN street team, then you need to be part of the OGGN street team. That's all I'm going to say. Have a look in LinkedIn. There's a group. You can also look for this guy, Brian Mon, M-A-H-N. He is the fearless leader of the OGGN Street Team, and he can tell you everything that you need to know. And finally, quick thanks for our, uh, our newest audio wizard added to the team here, Mr. Mac Roman, bringing his skills to the OGGN world of sounding good. We really appreciate everything that he's doing. And now the very next thing that you're going to hear is Savannah Wilson with our upcoming events.
0: Hey everybody! It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for May 2021. This month we have four events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our online events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up we have our in-person event, which is the 20YPO's networking mixer at the Houston Club on May 25th. Next, we have our three online events, the Post-Industrial Summit Series from May 4th to June 22nd, the Data Fabric and Data Ops webinar on May 5th, and the Maritime Career Day hosted by Women Offshore on May 21st. Other than these events, OGGN has a live stream this month titled Identifying and Evaluating Advantage Oil Projects on May 5th, so make sure to check that out on our Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com for more information. You can also find more information about that or any of the live streams or events we have coming up also on Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGDN.com. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for May. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGDN.com.